My name is Andrea and you're listening to Drawn to the Flame. This is my first look at the player cards of Dim Carcosa, the sixth mythos pack of the Path to Carcosa Psycho. And I have no idea what any of those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to start looking at the cards now. Eat lead, says a man shooting a gun at a giant octopus. Um, I'm assuming he's saying eat lead and not eat lead. Because um, eat lead is an expression, isn't it? So I believe that means I am firing a gun at you. And that's the lead of the bullets. Um, he, he looks... Uh, Looks like your kind of classic detective guy. Oh, I've just noticed his gun is like one of those kind of Bugsy Malone guns. Is he like an old school gangster? Anyway, the creature looks pretty scary. Uh, in fact, it might even be more than one octopus. I'm not sure. I can't count the legs. And it reminds me a bit of Stranger Things. I'm allowed to say that. I'm allowed to brand uh, yeah, I think <laughs> product placement. <laughs> Stranger Things. Catch it now on Netflix. Um, next card. Armour of Arden, Which is placed in France, right? Belgium, France. And it's all, oh, we don't get to see his face, we just get to see his armour, which is spelled incorrectly, I'm afraid, Americans. It should be spelled A-R-M-O-U-R. Um, so this is a bit of a faulty card. I think you might need to send it back to the manufacturers because it's been spelled wrongly. Um, but it's showing his armour plate, which uh, is quite magnificent and sort of like an outer shell of a, of a turtle. It looks a bit like um, one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, actually. And the next card is eidetic memory. And I'm afraid I don't know what eidetic means. Do you know what it means? Like exact. Exact. Frank, the resident dictionary, over there in dictionary corner. <laughs> this huge brain, eidetic memory. And this is a picture of a lady who may be sort of floating above a library. I don't quite understand what's going on here. She's kind of levitating levitating vertically if you're able to do that she reminds me sort of she's sort of 50 percent morticia adams she's got a nice sort of streak in her hair and she's sort of 50 percent sally hawkins in the shape of water oscar winning shape of water out in cinemas now highly recommended <laughs> um next card no stone unturned and it's a man he's not looking at a stone but maybe something in stone he's got a lantern and he's got his hand on don't know, it looks like sort of mystic ruin, runes or something carved into a, a stone. It reminds me a little bit of the final uh, of the final sequence in um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when the Ark of the Covenant opens up and melts the Nazi's face. It looks like that, only his face isn't getting melted. I'm sure he's a good guy. I don't know, he doesn't look like a Nazi. Can you tell? <laughs> you can't, you can't these days, can you? They're everywhere. Anyway, next card. I'm going to completely mispronounce this. Sharon's Obol. Or is it Charon? Or Charon? Or Sharon? It's not Sharon. <laughs> Lovely woman, Sharon. Charon's Obol, or Obol, who knows? Yeah, going back to the idea of, of a dictionary corner and countdown, this Charon's Obol just surely is the anagram at the end of countdown where you've got 30 seconds to work out what that actually says. So anyway, it says underneath it, the ferryman's pay, which I immediately read actually is the ferryman play, which again is supposed to be a really good play now on Broadway. It's transferred from the West End. <laughs> this is actually just full of cultural references, my look at the card. And it's a skull with a giant coin in his mouth, which looks like one of those coins you get at Christmas. Or is it a globe? I don't know. Next card, Lupara. Lupara? Lupara? I don't know. It's a big gun. 
Um, I can tell it's big because it's lying alongside a couple of uh, glasses on a bar, which gives you a reference for size. Looks like quite a nice kind of cocktail there in half a lager. So someone's put their gun, oh, and their lead, which presumably an octopus is about to eat, is there on the on the bar next to it. So a lupara presumably is a type of gun. <laughs> Fact fans, or maybe not. Next card, cheat death. Mm. Well, not quite sure what's going here. Some sort of dark alleyway. There's a guy who's clearly been injured. He doesn't look very, very well. He's got quite a lot of blood on him. So I'm guessing he's just cheated death. There you go. Maybe someone, maybe had a fight in the bar with the guy who had the Lupara gun. Maybe, maybe his is the nice cocktail. And that's why they're, they're not fully drunk. Maybe they were having a nice chat over those drinks in the bar, um, which is, explains why the drinks have barely been touched, frankly. Um, and then one of them pulled out his Lipara and the other one cheated death. I don't know, make up your own scenario. I'm sure it all becomes clear in the game. What's it called again? Carcosa? Is that where we are? Yeah. There you go, Cycle, right. Next card, Time Warp. Oh, now I've heard about this card. It's quite exciting, isn't it? It's clearly based on the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, it's got a big picture of a sundial. And it's a really pretty pink colour. So... Uh, I don't know. Don't, don't, I assume that when you play this card, you immediately start doing the Rock Horror Picture Show Time Warp Dance. Rock Horror Picture Show. Not currently playing anywhere. As as <laughs> no, probably playing in a high school somewhere as, as we speak. Next card, Seal of the Elder Sign. Now, I think this means seal as in um, a sort of seal, like a sort of brand that you put on something to seal it. Not a oh, oh, seal, but that would be quite cool because there is definitely sort of waves crashing against the rock here. Maybe there's a little seal in there somewhere, or maybe not. Maybe it's the, uh, the, 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 you can <laughs> get out of my pauses here. Um, maybe I think actually, obviously, it means the seal is this sort of bright, uh, fiery emblem that has appeared above the sort of cliff. Uh, the, the rock face or something. It's pretty It's pretty rainy. I wouldn't want to go there on holiday, put it that way. Oh, well, this is a bit dull compared to things like Seal of the Elder Sign and Eidetic Memory. This card is called Newspaper. <laughs> um, yeah, because presumably, you know, a newspaper is a sort of ancient or mythical sort of uh, object that um, that they used to have in the olden days as shown by a lady wearing an olden days hat, looking at a newspaper. Although interestingly, there doesn't seem to be much copy on the newspaper. She's pointing at a completely blank space. Maybe that's the point. Maybe she's a journalist and she's, I don't know, she's got a big pile of them next to her though as well. So maybe she's not very happy because they've printed a load of the newspapers and they actually forgot to put the main story there, even though the headline's there. So it's the, it's the Tribune, if you're interested. That is the specific newspaper. The Tribune, buy it at all. <laughs> <laughs> this paper kiosks near you. Although we don't have a tribune in, in Britain, do we? I don't think, no. And the next one is infighting. Well, so this could be showing a picture, I don't know, of, of the Tory government right now or, or perhaps the Labour Party, but no, it's got it's a picture of some weird... I can't even work out where it's... I'm just thinking of Stranger Things again. <laughs> Clearly my only reference point for these sort of things. Horrible claws and, and creatures and they're sort of red and, and they're scary. Oh, maybe it's a Labour Party. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, the final key, the final card is the Key of Wise. 
which is spelt Y-S. Oh, yes, it's Is, the key of Is. Oh, how do I pronounce half of these things? And it says, but I let the storm rage, which sounds like a Taylor Swift song um, or possibly our entry into the Eurovision Song Contest this year. Actually, I do think our song about uh, entering the Eurovision Song Contest this year is a storm, is about a storm, which apparently is a very popular choice for Eurovision entry songs. And if you write a song about a storm, it does quite well. Fun fact finds, yes. Um, so it says, so the key of, I'm assuming it's is, Y-S, key of is might be another anagram. I'm not sure. Um, uh, it's, it's a lovely key um, with two candles behind it, which reminds me a little bit of The Bachelor, one of my favourite TV shows. So it's a, like a bachelor date where they have lots of candles in the background. Um, and in the foreground is is the beautiful key of is, which actually also looks slightly terrifying. But I think it'd make a lovely pendant. I think it'd make a lovely pendant. I think you just need to attach a, a chain to that. Or maybe, a, maybe I suppose if you want to use it, it would be very practical. So maybe a lanyard. Pop it on a lanyard. There you go. So that there ends um, my look at the cards in the sixth Mythos pack of the path to Carcosa cycle. It's just loads of gibberish, isn't it? What's that mean? I crept to the door. The organ broke out overhead with a blare. A dazzling light filled the church, blotting the altar from my eyes. The people faded away. The arches, the vaulted roof vanished. I raised my seared eyes to the fathomless glare, and I saw the black stars hanging in the heavens, and the wet winds from the lake of Harley chilled my face. And now, far away, over leagues of tossing cloud waves, I saw the moon dripping with spray, and beyond, the towers of Carcosa rose behind the moon. Death and the awful abode of lost souls, whither my weakness long ago had sent him, had changed him for every other eye but mine. And now I heard his voice, rising, swelling, thundering through the flaring light, and as I fell, the radiance increasing, increasing, poured over me in waves of flame. Then I sank into the depths, and I heard the king in yellow, whispering to my soul, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my first look episodes. Today, I'm looking at the player cards of Dim Carcosa, the sixth mythos pack in the Path to Carcosa cycle, And to be honest with you, I cannot believe that we're already at the end of Carcosa. Where has the time gone? It's just incredible, really. It feels like only yesterday that I was looking at the cult and field work, stealth, hiding spot, trying to get my head around those cards. And now here we are. We've stuck to the plan and we're facing the final cards. If all's gone well and so far it has, you'll have already heard another first look for these cards, a little end-of-cycle treat. I'm actually recording this before that, just because of the way our schedules have worked out, and I just heard that there was water dripping in the flat above mine, which seems fitting given the flood. Uh, It's the flood above, so I suppose it's the rift above and the flood below combining to be this sort of 
dreadful cataclysm. So if there's a loud crash and a bang, that's me being consumed, but otherwise, all is well. I know four cards from this pack, but I'm not sure how many player cards we're getting. I'm expecting three for Rogue, because I think Rogue's are the only ones who haven't got three cards this cycle, I think, but I haven't gone and checked. And also, I've done really well this time about avoiding spoilers, but I do know the name of one other card, and that is Charon's Obble. Uh, Charon being the ferryman to the underworld in Greek mythology. Who knows what that card is or what it'll do, but I know that name, and we're going to find out. So, are we ready? This is it. The end of the path to Carcosa, starting right now. You can probably tell that I'm excited because, yeah, let's do this. Okay, the first card is... It's Eat Lead. This is one of the announced cards. It's a Guardian event, 2 XP, has combat and agility icons. It's tactic traded, and it says fast. Play when you activate the fight ability on a firearm asset. You may spend X additional ammo tokens from that asset. When you reveal chaos tokens for this attack, reveal X additional chaos tokens. Choose one to resolve and ignore the rest. Now, since this card was announced quite a long time ago, I think in the Dim Carcosa announcement, I've had a bit of time to think about it, and I think of this card like a mini grotesque statue. But rather than it being its own asset with its charges and the sort of the flexibility of choosing which tests you want to draw two tokens for, this one can only be used by firearms, can only be used by people who can take level two guardian cards, and it's a real it's a one-off, you're not playing it and then getting multiple shots. So shots is maybe the wrong word there, because I mean multiple uses of this ability. So yeah, it's it's a kind of kind of interesting one. I think of it slightly as a sort of fail-safe device. If you're going to be so high in combat anyway that you're not really worried about anything apart from the tentacle, you could com you could play this and use two ammo tokens instead of one, and that would guarantee that anything would hit apart from tentacle. Because if you're, say, using the lightning gun, getting a massive combat boost, maybe someone's playing double or nothing on the attack, maybe you're committing a vicious blow... Something like that, that you're you're really piling in additional effects to make it a really powerful hit, and all you want is to avoid that tentacle. This is a way of doing that. I don't see this as your first buy as a player, but I feel like if you've done really well in a campaign and you want this, then yeah, potentially it's useful. I also I can't really picture using this where you'd spend multiple ammo tokens. That seems really strange to me. Yeah, I sort of can't picture how that how that would make sense if you say take a shot with the Colt, spend three additional ammo tokens and reveal four tokens. Unless you're really fishing, and maybe it's a sort of a desperation play that you're just like, I'm going to use all of these ammo tokens in the hope that I luck out on some positive effect an elder sign or something like that that's a possibility and i can picture this on the chicago typewriter or being used with the chicago typewriter if you're anyway spending multiple actions to get the combat boost you're not then going to be taking multiple shots and say you've sleight of handed in the typewriter and then you're spending one ammo to attack a couple more actions to make sure you've got the combat boost you need 
double or nothing, whatever else it is, this would just be another way of confirming that you're going to hit, which is good. I suppose in putting it that way, you can tell that it's kind of a win more card. It's that it's that safeguarding against failure rather than something that will take a bad situation and make it better because you already need the firearm, you already need the spare ammo, you need to be willing to lose the chance of more damage from a, from a shot in the hope that this sh- shot that does land makes up for that. So yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting one. Worth noting as well, it's tactic traded, so it can be on stick to the plan. So you could pay 2 XP for this, definitely have it ready to go under stick to the plan, have a weapon that you're using extra ammunition on and sort of powering up, and then you know that there's that turn where you need to make the big hit count, you can trigger it. Interesting card. Yeah, bit of a bit of a win more card, but I like it. Oh my word. So <laughs> the next card I I pulled eat lead out the way and all I could see was the left hand side of the card. Four cost, five XP asset, two will I willpower icons and two combat icons. That's what I saw. Let's just go over that again. Four cost, so it's like the St. Hubert's key. Five XP, max XP guardian. Four icons, two willpower, two combat. This takes up the body slot. It has four health and null sanity. And it is the armor of Arden. Item, armor, and relic traded. It has an amazing insignia on the chest plate of the armor that is the... Uh, it's the Alpha and the Omega, and then uh, the P for the Paschal Lamb, I think, if that's sort of the Catholic, what that means, that the Lamb is the, the Alpha and the Omega. It's a kind of, yeah, Christian iconography, I guess. And it has a reaction ability. When damage is assigned to Armour of Arden, exhaust Armour of Arden, cancel one of that damage, and it can take four. Interesting. 5 XP for a four-cost asset, takes up the body slot. I guess you can play Ever Vigilant to get this into play more cheaply. A lot of icons, but wow. All single points of damage, well, one per turn, just don't, don't even land. You just You just block it. It can't be assigned damage from other investigators, though, so it's not even like a true grit. You can be kind of tanking. But wow, it makes you pretty darn beefy. So what's the crazy synergy that I'm missing here? Is there a clever play that you can be doing something? I suppose you can't even with Mark take the direct damage from Sophie and put it on this because that doesn't work. It's just a, yeah, a big way of taking damage. Would you use this for Beyond the Veil? Put four on here, so you've assigned four, exhausted to cancel one to make it three damage here, and then you take six damage yourself. I mean, it's still not incredible in terms of a soak. There must be some kind of synergy I can't think of in Guardian where you damage yourself to do something else. But that is pretty beefy. Even big hits, like a three damage hit, becomes a two, and that's pretty manageable in Guardian where they have huge health pools. Pretty nice. Zoe, Roland, Mark all end up with 13 health wearing this. Wow. Okay, 
one of those cards where I can't wait to see what other people have said and whether or not it's strong. Because this is Lightning Gun level of XP, and yeah, for that level of XP, you're, you're becoming really tanky. Okay. Next card. Oh. This is our first Seeker card. Doesn't have a cost, it's got a blank. It's 3 XP. It's an event with intellect and agility icons. It's eidetic memory, which is, I think, uh, Eidolon means uh, replica, right? Simulacrum. So, exact memory. Play eidetic memory as an exact copy of an insight event in any investigator's discard pile, including its resource cost. Remove that event from the game. Remove eidetic memory from the game instead of discarding it. We have a slight advantage this time that I'm not battling against battery and worrying about how much I can look up or not look up, whether I can pause recording to check things. So I can go and look up insight cards, but there's a couple of cards I can think of off the top of my head. First, I'm pretty sure that Survivor have no insight cards, and I think that's because Survivors are sort of naive to the mythos, so they don't have insight towards it. Second, there's a corset card, if I'm remembering correctly, that I think you play it, you draw an encounter card, and it allows you to get clues at your location. I can't remember what it's called, but I'm pretty sure that that is insight-traded. So spending 3 XP to play that from someone else's discard pile seems pretty good. What else is up there? I've got a plan. Anatomical diagrams. Cryptic research is insight-traded. Deciphered reality is insight-traded. Wow. Okay, so interesting. If you, The ideal is that you're spending 3 XP on this card to play an even more powerful card repeatedly. But the risk you run in Seeker is that in Seeker you might have looped your deck anyway. In Guardian, we've got Emergency Aid and Evidence. In Mystic, there's Moonlight Ritual, Quantum Flux. No Stone Unturned is insight-traded. Shortcut is insight-traded. Sure Gamble, the Rogue event, level 3, is also insight-traded. So you're, you're being asked, do you want to lose that card as a Seeker because you're not going to loop your deck and lose eidetic memory? Or would you rather just wait and get it back another way? If you've been made to mill cards from your deck somehow, and you're really desperate to get something back, for instance, a delve too deep, you wanted to delve, you've missed out on that chance, you could then play Eidetic Memory to play the delve. Although that, game, that event, you'd play it, and then you'd remove it from the game, so it wouldn't end up in the victory display. That doesn't work. But otherwise, yeah, I think... Pretty powerful, particularly if you play Cryptic Research once for 4 XP and then play this as an exact copy to get another three cards and lose the Cryptic Research in this. You've done a bit of deck thinning and you've drawn six cards for zero actions. Kind of amazing. Okay, yeah, really cool card, really interesting. Love the interplay with specific traits. I think that's really good just to really make you think about what traits there are, and particularly a lot of the nice, powerful Seeker events, Logical Reasoning, Mind Over Matter, No Stone Unturned, things like that. You might play them once and then be desperate to have them again, 
mind over matter, I think, is the good example as a solo seeker. And this allows you to go and, and play it again, which I think is really good. Wow, okay, cool. Cool first seeker card. And the second card is one I already know. This is No Stone Unturned, level 5. This was also announced. Two-cost event, wild and intellect icons. It's gained, I think, uh, an intellect icon. 5 XP. Fast. Play during any free trigger player window. So that could be after Mythos cards have been drawn, or it could be at the start of the upkeep phase, for instance. Choose an investigator at your location. That investigator searches his or her deck for a card, draws it, and shuffles his or her deck. This doesn't get removed from the game. If you can loop your deck, you can play it again. No problem. They get to search through their entire deck for a specific card. So for two resources and no actions, you turn this card into that needed bomb card in any player's deck. It's just incredibly powerful. I love that if you are playing some kind of seeker that has various pieces they want to find, like maybe you're playing Min, you want Analytical Mind down immediately, pay two, fetch it straight away, get it, you're done. But I also love that the flexibility that this card offers, where a scenario might be going a direction you weren't thinking it was going, and you can play this and find the answer to that. So that might be going and finding the gold pocket watch, or it might be going, oh my goodness, our guardian is really suffering, I'll go fetch the armour of Arden from their deck, if that was something that they needed. So yeah, such great flexibility, such power, and yeah, I just, I don't know if there's much more to say about it. This this has got to compete with Decipher Reality. Decipher Reality can scoop you six, seven, eight clues, but this can fetch you that lightning gun at a pinch, no need to look for it. Or it can fetch you that shriveling level five, or whatever it is. It can even fetch you that I'm out of here because you're desperate to, to resign. I think ideally you want to spend this five XP to find another powerful card. And at that point, a little bit like Eat Lead, there's this idea of like, oh, you're just spending your XP not to actually improve things in your deck, but just to allow you to find other improvements that you need to have already bought. And I can see how that could be a point where you go, well, this isn't my first buy. This is my third, fourth, fifth, tenth buy. And will I ever have enough XP for it? But yeah, I, I think that's a, a minor concern about the card because I think the card's power is so great. And if you just had this as the only five XP in your deck, that still allows you to go and fetch any option at any time in any player's deck, which, yeah, is is so powerful. It's really, really strong. You can see now a Guardian would stick to the plan with their Ever Vigilant, their Eat Lead, their extra ammo already on there, and all they need is the weapon. And then they're sitting there playing stand together, digging for this weapon, trying to draw hard, and the support seeker, Min, Daisy, maybe even Rex, says, don't worry about finding the lightning gun. I'll find it for you. Here you go. And that, to me, is like amazing teamwork and really exciting. The next card is our first rogue card. It's Charon's Obble. It is the skull with the gold coin in it from Unspeakable Oath? Pallid Mask. One of those two. I think Unspeakable Oath art, weirdly enough. Okay, this is a 1 XP asset with no cost. 
It's unique. It's called Charon's Obble, the Ferryman's Pay. It's item and relic traded. And it's permanent, which explains why it has no cost. And exceptional. So you're only allowed one, and it's two XP to take, rather than one. Limit one per deck. This is the name I saw, and I saw it as a question of can can it be in play for two different investigators. So I'll check out the rules and find out that afterwards. Let's see. When earning experience during the resolution of a scenario, if you were not defeated during that scenario, you earn two additional experience. If you were defeated during that scenario, you are killed. What? (laughs) So you've spent two XP for this, going into scenario two. As long as you complete the scenario, you get the XP back the next time. And then the next time. So scenario two, you break even. Scenario three, you make two XP. Four, four, three, five, six, six, eight... 7, 10, potentially 10 extra XP over the course of a scenario, which is a gold pocket watch, over the course campaign, which is a gold pocket watch plus some, or two hot streaks just from this card, as long as you're never defeated. I mean, that's incredible. It's, It's amazing. You don't even have to take anything out of your deck to run this. You just invest the two XP early on. Amazing. I'd love to find out if two people can have Charon's Obol. And of course, an Obol is a, a coin, an ancient piece of currency, Charon being the ferryman. So you've got to pay the ferryman. If you have his coin, you keep getting extra XP. But if you're defeated, he takes the pay and you die. Wow. Rogues. They like their XP. And this is an amazing card. Imagine this in Seth, who's also got access to Mystic cards and is desperate for extra XP. Oh, very powerful. And the next card is also Rogue. It looks to me like I'm right again, three Rogue cards. This is Lupara, a three-cost asset for three XP with a single combat icon. It's an item, weapon, firearm, and illicit traded, and it takes up a hand slot. It uses only two ammo. So pay three for two ammo. Oh, it's like a little sawn-off shotgun. Playing Lupara does not provoke attacks of opportunity. Interesting. It's not fast, but you can still put it down. Action. Spend one ammo. Fight. You get plus one combat and deal plus one damage for this attack. If Lupara entered play this turn, you get an additional plus one combat and deal an additional plus one damage for this attack. Oh, weird. Okay. Uh, This is a sleight of hand target, right? You slide it in. You get two shots at plus two combat for three damage each. And then it comes back into your hand. Then you play it again, not triggering an attack of opportunity for another two shots at plus two combat at three damage. Ooh, nice. This feels really beefy. I think that shortage of ammo is an interesting one, but if you're hoping to do it on these like single turn bursts anyway, that then it's probably not a an issue. Man, I like that. By itself, it's just uh, a like a less powerful forty five automatic two shots at plus one combat and plus one damage. So you're all about ghosting it in, getting the extra hits, and then 
getting it back to hand or discarding it, replaying it, things like that. I like it a lot. That is really nice. 3 XP for that? Is that high? Maybe it would be nice at 2. It's, it's quite the investment. Given that rogues as well, you've got interesting other XP choices for, for weapons. You've got the Switchblade at 2, the Derringer at 2, the Typewriter at, I want to say, 4? 5 cost and 4 XP? Or is that the other way around? So yeah, there's, a, there's kind of a range. But you could be this sleight of hand interesting fighter yeah so this won't be on the recording well maybe this bit will be but uh, the water tank situation has just escalated slightly which yeah it's so fitting so i actually can't remember what i was saying about lupara but i think i think i was thinking about the xp and yeah it's interesting it's quite an investment maybe if there's a sort of double or nothing play going on in there as well imagine if you Narrow escaped by playing Lupara. Oh no, because it doesn't provoke an attack opportunity. You can't, you can't combo them. That's annoying. I suppose you could play it, no hit, move, narrow escape, and then you'd be at plus four for three damage, which it seems like double or nothing range. Five with the double or nothing, end up for six damage. You could smoke a conglomeration of spheres in two shots, which is kind of amazing, as long as you're ready to play it, shoot, shoot. Yeah, interesting card. It really makes rogues, they don't set up and sit there with all their gear out. They keep things in hand and then there's this sudden burst, this sudden explosion. And I really like it. It's really fun to play in that form. Okay, and the last rogue event is the one that I know. So this one's really fun as well. 5 XP, 1 cost event with a wild icon. Cheat death. It's trick and fated traded. Hey, that rhymes. It's fast. Play when you would be defeated. Disengage from each enemy engaged with you. Discard all cards in your threat area. Bye-bye, Frozen in Fear, whatever it is. Heal two horror and two damage. And move to any revealed location with no enemies. So it's sort of like an elusive at that point as well. If it is your turn, end your turn. Remove cheat death from the game. So this is the sort of classic panic button moment if you had this underneath Seth she can cheat death four times if she paints it four to three times and then plays it which is incredible it's a hefty five xp to buy in I think there's been a rules question about this about what happens to the damage in the horror if you get it in excess of the two and two that you'd heal so I think what happens is say you're being assigned 10 damage from beyond the veil you take all 10 that gives you damage up to your threshold and you're defeated you play this and heal two damage and two horror and beyond the veil is gone anyway because it gets discarded once it's damaged you i think and then you get the move and all of the other parts of it as well so that would sort of fire at slightly random time i mean i just think this is a really cool card again you've maybe been holding things in hand as the rogue and, and not been sort of setting up an indomitable board state and maybe things have fallen behind a little bit for you and you're sort of struggling and you can yeah use this as a panic button but also actually combos quite nicely with Charon's Obol if you are about to be defeated which means you're going to be killed because you've got the Obol you can cheat death and not be defeated and 
survive a little bit longer and try to keep it together. I mean, the heal that you get out of it is not it's not gigantic, but it's nice. It'll keep you around for another punch, and you've disengaged from the enemy you were with. So yeah, it's it's cool, and the art is great. This guy sort of bleeding from the hands who's just stumbled away. It's just again super powerful card. I can't wait to play in four player when we have lots of XP and you can invest in some of these really batty, powerful cards and be a beast. Really nice. Oh, and I know the next card because this is a card that Drawn to the Flame were delighted to share with the community. Thanks again, FFG. So cool of you to share it. This is Time Warp. So I'm not going to talk about Time Warp in a lot of detail because we did a whole episode on Time Warp talked about it exhaustively on ArkhamDB. There are already FAQ entries up for some of the trickier questions, but I'll maybe just reiterate the really important things about Time Warp. So this is a a one-cost event for 2 XP. It's Spell and Paradox traded, which is great. Fast, play immediately after an investigator at your location finishes resolving an action during his or her turn. Undo that action. Return the game state to exactly the way it was before that action was performed, including that action's cost. So the the kicker things about this one, you don't get the time warp back. And that's the paradox part of it. That even though you're returning the game straight to exactly how it was before, you don't have the time warp or the resource anymore, which is kind of weird. Second thing, of course, is that if you've seen cards, you then know those cards and you put them back where they were. So say you've seen the top card of the encounter deck. But if you've seen a whole deck because you've searched for something, you can just shuffle the deck again because you don't actually know that order. And again, it's kind of paradoxical that If I've seen the top card of my deck and it's a weakness, I'd put it back on top. But if I've seen the top 15 cards of my deck, shuffling them again so I just don't know the order because I've searched the top 15 or whatever it is, is fine. Which is sort of weird. There's also a ruling about can you play this on a defeated investigator? Obviously, if they're no longer at your location because they're defeated, you can't. But you could play it on someone else who has defeated an investigator, I think, and bring them back. Pretty weird. Yeah, it's just... It's just a bananas card, basically. I think it's really powerful. I've actually proxied it in a deck because I was so excited about it and used it to win Black Star's Rise. So I think it's, yeah, super strong. A lot of space for it to be kind of uh, manipulated or exploited. But, you know, it is as it is. I still think it's a great card. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. The art on the next card. David Demaray. This is a 5 XP mystic skill, Seal of the Elder Sign. And it's like a, a sort of windswept, pouring rain coastline. And the Elder Sign is kind of sealing a rock. It has a single wild icon, like Torrent of Power, say. Man, mystics have got some good skills this pack. It's a spell. Nice, can be hunted up. And it's expert traded. Do not reveal chaos tokens from the chaos bag for this test. Treat the chaos token revealed for this test as an elder sign. When this test ends, remove seal of the elder sign from the game. Holy moly. Okay, any weird gym synergies. Jim can treat elder signs as skulls. Can he then treat the elder sign he draws from this as a skull and get the extra damage on some of the dead? Probably, but this is an amazing, very expensive, high XP cost card that just guarantees success. 
You're getting the plus one from it anyway, but that probably doesn't matter if you're looking for the Elder Sign. I suppose you could use it for that panic, I have to investigate here, my intellect's rubbish because I'm a mystic. Or, yeah, you know, I'm Norman and I have agility one. Or you use it for that big attack that you need to land, that game-winning attack or that game-winning right of seeking. If you're a catchy, you're also guaranteeing a charge out of this. So you're spending a card for a plus one boost and a charge, which is really nice. This is just like a bomb card. Super powerful. But I mean, we're at the final pack of the of the cycle. Of course the cards are going to be powerful. And I'm just I'm sort of tortured by the idea of how do I get enough XP to afford Seal of the Elder sign? It just seems yeah, amazing. I thought Stroke of Luck was good at two XP. Which I suppose Stroke of Luck protects you from everything apart from the tentacle. And this says, no, 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 I need that Elder Sign for some reason. I'm going to fish for it. You've run out of your grotesque statue charges. You can't take another horror from shriveling because you've gone crazy. Oh, brilliant. So brill. And now, what? We're on to Survivor and it's newspaper. The old newspapes. The level 2 version of newspaper. Now this is going to be a test. It's one cost asset, which I think newspaper was before. 2 XP this time. It's gained an intellect icon, so it's double intellect. It's item traded and takes up a hand. There's nothing in the headlines about the horrors you've witnessed, but the obituary section is disturbingly long. Newspaper says uh, you get plus 2 intellect while investigating if you have no clues. The first line here is you get plus two intellect while investigating if you have no clues. So that's the same. This has gained a reaction ability. When you would discover one or more clues at your location, if you have no clues, discover an additional clue at your location. Ha! Interesting. Survivors love going from nothing to something. And this is if you've managed to go to zero clues with your newspaper so that you get the plus two bonus. You can then go from zero back up to two quickly if there are enough clues on your location. That is really interesting. I know that some people aren't wild about newspaper or rate newspaper more for its sort of synergy with scavenging or burglary or things where you you sort of let other people do the real clue-getting business and you use the newspaper just for the intellect boost. But I found it, particularly in solo actually, playing as Ash Campete, Often you're only getting single clues or little groups of clues, and that plus two boost is really useful because it takes him up to six. But sometimes, yeah, you've got a lot of investigating to do. I ran deduction in Ashcan for a while just because I was going to investigate a lot, but sometimes I needed that clue acceleration, and there's only so many times you can tap Duke. This is just another way of you've spent your clues to advance, and now you need to get another two clues. You've moved into a a two-clue location, which is pretty rare in solo. Newspaper level two sets that up nicely. Yeah, cool card. Nice. And the final survivor card of the pack. Again, I've done a little bit like I did with the Armour of Arden. I can see that this is a one-cost event. It's 3 XP, which means that survivors still haven't got anything above 3 XP. And it has two intellect and two agility icons down the side. So again, like Armour of Arden crazy amounts of <laughs> and I lifted newspaper off and the art is like these 
Bayekis or something. Tim Arnie O'Neill has done an amazing job here. Wow, that's like a scorpion tail. This card is called Infighting. Oh, my blessed aunt. One cost event, three XP, two intellect, two agility icons. It's trick traded. Fast. Play after the enemy phase begins. Cancel all attacks made by non-elite enemies against you this phase. So it's a dodge, but for everything. So Yorick taunts at the end of his turn, takes all enemies onto him, and then just pays one and nothing hits him. I mean, I like the sound of that. If you're really getting mobbed in solo, maybe it's good, but it's not actually... It's cancelling the hits, but it's not actually getting rid of them for you. It's just another way of of dealing with them. Wendy can obviously replay this repeatedly to the dodge tank Wendy build that um what's that other is it a podcast? It's a I think it's a, a gentleman's quarterly. Those those guys at the Gentleman's Quarterly Mythos Busters, they talk a lot about Dodge Tank Wendy. So yeah. This this could be that sort of extra piece for her to just allow her to do a bit more tanking. She can spend a turn with an enemy engaged with her and it's not going to be the end of end of the world. I think particularly any attacks that have extra effects like make you discard cards, add doom, whatever it is, cancelling those is really powerful. And really attack cancellation until Black Stars Rise with the arrival of Narrow Escape. Really attack cancellation was the, the domain of Guardians. Uh, there was Hypnotic Gaze as well. Quite expensive though. Nice. It's nice to see the different factions get different ways of doing something. And this, as a, a 3 XP, is is pretty hard to, to afford. But, you know, there'll be competition for it. But such a great defensive card. Yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's really cool. There's one card left. I know it's a neutral card because I've glimpsed it. The one faction that have not received a patron is Guardian. And we we know that Super Frank is meant to be coming. I wondered for a while, actually, if Xavier is the Guardian patron and we just just doesn't have a patron trait. Maybe the Guardians just don't need patronage because they're that good. Or there's the other option that this neutral card is a patron and Guardians don't get one but neutral do. Who knows? Okay, here comes the last card. What? It's not a patron. <laughs> I just looked at it and turned it away again. It's the key of Is subtitle, Let the Storm Rage. It is a key of, of a kind on a plinth, but it is so ornate and it has gems set in it. It's 5 XP, 3 cost asset, with wild and willpower icons. It takes up the accessory slot, and it's item and relic traded. You get plus one to each of your skills for each horror on Key of East. Forced, when any amount of horror would be placed on you, place one of that horror on Key of East. So you have to, when you take horror, put one on Key of East. And forced, when Key of East leaves play, discard the top ten cards of your deck. It sort of like tears up your deck as it leaves and it takes no damage and four horror it's got four sanity value so it can go up to you get plus three to each of your skills and then when it takes the fourth horror it goes 
I mean, if you're shriveling with this, even single bits of horror from shriveling have to go on this first. You could end up killing off the key of East really quickly, and then you'd have to quantum flux. What an amazing bananas card. Who wants it? Who doesn't want it? I mean, everyone wants it, right? It's a little bit like a dark horse, but no requirement to have no resources. And if you can manage how much horror you take, and there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to do that, most investigators need to think about that, you could have this around for quite a long time and and boost your stat line. Could be really powerful, yeah. Just incredible. Bananas. Is there now a Relic Hunter build coming to the fore? Maybe. You'd have the key down and some other accessory? I'm not sure. There's the risk with this that you get it in hand, you pay three to play it, and then you don't take any horror at all. (laughs) So having something like a Forbidden Knowledge or something that you can take a single horror and put it on this is pretty nice. Man, can you imagine this combined with St. Hubert's Key? So you're losing the sanity on St. Hubert's Key, but you're just you're, you're putting the horror on Key of East anyway. Key deck, that is a Relic Hunter deck for sure. Oh, in Ashcan Pete, desperate. <laughs> wow, what a banana strong card. It's felt like in this pack, the Armour of Arden, No Stone Unturned, Lupara and Cheat Death to a certain extent, Seal of the Elder Sign, and Infighting, and the Key of East. These are all cards that there's potentially entire builds that can be built around them. They're the first 5 XP or 3 XP that you buy, and you've got a plan for how they'll work. Really incredible. I I really like this pack. I think this has been a really interesting pack. I like that there are these really powerful effects, but they're not just the big weapon for each faction. They're weird cancellation or dodge or way of tanking damage or horror. They're ways of uh, beefing up your character's resistances rather than beefing up just their more kit in their deck. I just think that's a really interesting way for the for the design of the game to go. I love the idea of all the extra XP from the, the Obol. That's just brilliant. Lupara, can't wait to try it. Yeah, what a pack, eh? What a pack. And that, I think, concludes my first look and Andrea's first look at Dim Carcosa. If you've enjoyed these first looks, it's the end of a, a cycle of them, I suppose. I don't have to carry on doing them, but I'd love to hear what you think. You can get in touch with me. I'm Drawn to the Flame on Facebook, Drawn to the Flame on Twitter, and we're also Drawn to the Flame podcast at gmail.com. If you wanted to go on iTunes and leave us a review, that would be amazing. I mean, I just love doing these rev- these pack reviews anyway, but hearing from you in any different way, listener, is, is really rewarding. And it can be quite weird sitting here talking to myself, essentially. So if you want to sort of join the conversation... If you think I've missed something really obvious about a particular card or whatever it is, even if it's just to say you shouldn't do first looks anymore, I will take it on the chin, accept your feedback and think about it, you know? So yeah, I really hope you enjoyed the final installment of Carcosa. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you as ever for listening.